Uh, we're continuing from last week. Um, so misunderstanding Jesus, part two. And this is so important for us to kind of get right in terms of who is Jesus. And in our intro here today, that's the question that we will start off with, is what does it mean to believe in Jesus, right? What does it mean to believe in Jesus? If somebody, somebody were to come up to you and ask this question, what would be your answer? What does it mean to believe in Jesus, right? Maybe a, it's a tough question, right? <laughs> Multiple answers. But here are some things that may come into your mind or may be uh, something that is very, you know, common. Some people believe in Jesus due to, uh, for the sake of morality. Some people say, oh, I grew up in a Christian home, so it's kind of my culture. Some people say, I want to be blessed, <laughs> right? Uh, some people, it's a political view. Uh, I got to meet this um, missionary's kid from the country of Georgia, and she takes class, uh, she goes to undergrad in Northern Ireland. And in Ireland, Christianity is very interesting. The North is Protestants and the South are Catholics, and it's not really a belief system. It's, it really is a political affiliation. So for some people, it might be politics. Uh, some people, it's just a, another one of many religions. And some people, it's an experience, a spiritual experience. They're like, you know, I want to I wanna feel something. And we see ministries where people fall down, people speaking in tongues, and all these very interesting experiences, right? But this is something that we have to be very weary of. We talked about this last week, too, when it came to Nicodemus. Nicodemus came to Jesus at night saying, like, oh, you know, you're a teacher from, from God. Like, I want to know more about you. And then Jesus throws a kind of a monkey wrench in his pursuit of knowing him by saying, to, to receive the kingdom of God, you must be born again. And that confused him. He was like, am I supposed to crawl back into my mother's womb and then be born again like that? Is that what that means? That's impossible, Jesus. And what Jesus was trying to show is something that is very spiritual, but he looked at it in a very physical way. And that's how people view Jesus. People view Jesus as a way to their physical needs, right? They view Jesus as a political messiah. They wanted Jesus to be that guy, to be like, like we talked about last week, a cheat code for Israel. This is how our nation will come back alive. This is how we will become strong. This is how we'll become restored. This is where things will start to change. Like, we're going to overcome the Roman Empire. We're going to be a name again. And this is how people view Jesus. And they viewed him in this way so much so that they missed the point. From Old Testament into the New Testament, the point of Jesus wasn't to be this political messiah, but to be the savior of the world. What he was trying to show is what is physical uh, is not what matters, but what is spiritual needs to be what impacts the physical. And this is something that people still struggle with today, where even people that go through ministries where people experience something. I've, I've been part of those ministries before uh, in my younger years where, you know, people pray for you and then they fall back and people prophesy over you and, 
you know, and these things are very exciting. You know, you see healings once in a while, and it's really cool to see. But what I've noticed was that those things, instead of being something that is spiritual to help me, it became something very physical, where if I didn't experience something physically, falling back or speaking in tongues or something like that, then I didn't feel like I was validated as a child of God. And what seemed spiritual became very a physical thing where I'm like, I need to experience, feel something in order to validate my Christianity, to validate my identity as a child of God. And it was kind of backwards where it was no longer a spiritual thing, but I needed some type of stimulus, <laughs> if you may, to validate who I was. And then I started missing the point of who Jesus is. What does it mean to believe in Jesus, right? Because so many people are confused, and a lot of people don't give an answer to the confusion. And this is something that we need to discover as we go through today's passage. Uh, we know John 3.16 very well, because even in pop culture, it's very well known. So I'm going to hold that to our third point. But we need to understand this first point. We need to understand that there's a spiritual world around us, right? That God created us in his image, and that means that we're created with a soul. We're created with a spirit. We're spiritual beings, yes, with physical clothing on, but we are spiritual beings nonetheless. And with that, we need to understand our spiritual state. Where are we today? Right? What is going through your thought? What is it that you bank your life on when it comes to the day-to-day -day stuff? What are you living for? Is it just a paycheck? Yes, that's, all that stuff is important. But then when everything is said and done, what is it for? Is it just survival? And that's why it's just, life is just busy? Or is life meaning, does life mean more than that? We have to understand what state this world is actually in in order to see why we need Jesus. Verse 18 says something very interesting. It says, whoever believes in him is not condemned, but whoever does not believe is condemned already. What? Already? What we have to understand is this. The world is already condemned. Like, this is the state that it was since Genesis chapter 3, where humanity and God was separated due to sin. And no longer under the fellowship of God, but rather the fellowship of the ruler of the air here, Satan. It doesn't mean that we become evil and murderous, but it means that we are following another narrative for our lives, another storyline. And... God is no longer leading it, but rather Satan is. If this is the state that we're, our, our start is on, then what Jesus is doing for us is not an option. It is actually the only way out of this condemned state. When we are powerless, we have no choice but to live a life condemned. And this becomes so normalized, right? Right? where 
we accept things like shame and guilt to the point where it's so normal, where it's just part of culture. Some people are very passive about it. Like, you know, I guess that's how things are. And some people are very active about it, you know, propagating a lot of these false narratives and all kinds of stuff. But nonetheless, our spiritual state becomes very lost when we don't see Jesus and understand who he is. Because it says here that God's purpose is not to condemn, but rather to save. As we go to our next point, we need to be able to see the answer that Jesus actually gave us. Uh, verse 21, it says, But whoever does what is true comes to the light, so that it may be clearly seen that his works have been carried out in God. And this is something that we lose sight of a lot of times. Um, it's a picture of a child with a banged-up knee, got a, <laughs> some uh, wounds. But when we look at a child like this, and they get their knees scratched up, a lot of times if you put medicine on their you know, uh, on their wound, what do they do? They just like wipe it off, right? <laughs> and a lot of times when it comes to the word of God, we're like that too, where if the word doesn't match what I'm going through, we just kind of like, eh, wipe it away, right? It's like, you know, good word, pastor, but it's not really matching my life. And then sometimes it does match your life, and you're like, Pastor, your message was great today. <laughs> I received so much grace. <laughs> and I'm like, oh, okay, great. <laughs> but, but shouldn't you receive grace every week? <laughs> but that's the thing. The word is not meant to just match our problems every time for it to hit home. Actually, our life needs to match God's word. It's the opposite. And it's like an ointment for the wound, where it doesn't look like it might be doing anything. You know, it's just like, it's just ointment. But it's doing the work of healing. It's helping the body recover. Likewise, the word is what restores and recovers our soul. Though it might not match one-to-one -to, -one to my problem today, but as I hold on to that word, healing starts to take place. And sometimes it's just weird how it works that way. But that's how God's word actually works. And this is what needs to take place, where we need to come to the light of Christ, meaning that we need worship to take place in our lives. True worship, not, oh, today matches with my problem, so I'm going to worship real hard today. Oh, doesn't match with my problem. Uh, everything was kind of weak today. We cannot live this way, right? God, he has made a way for us to receive answers every week. And as we understand worship and understand what this gospel is, we start to adopt his heart. And what we need to do with that heart is to discover the state of our field. Some people might say, like, why should I care? Pastor, <laughs> I have enough problems of my own. Why should I care about other people? Good question. 
because people are so tough, right, to, to deal with, especially anybody that has worked in retail or in the food industry, people are, yeah, can be very messed up. I definitely experienced some of that working for my mom's uh, carry out in my high school and undergrad years. It, very, very tough industry to be a part of. Um, but nonetheless, what we have to understand is the reason why we need to discover the state of our field and to, to care about people that are around us is that's what makes us come alive. It might not seem like that would be the case, but when we align our lives with God, seeing true life movement take place, he gives us grace to do so. This past week, um, I've been to several universities. Um, we're, Monday through Wednesday, I was um, at George Mason University in Virginia and got to share the gospel with some students as well as um, get, got to meet some people that joined us for the evangelism camp. Um, one person from, this, uh, from the country of Georgia and uh, just really interesting testimonies, um, just hearing from different people from everywhere that happened to uh, join, join the meeting. And <clears throat> in doing so, sharing the gospel with people on campus is scary. You know, don't get me wrong. Um, it's not easy because I'm a pastor. Actually, I, I don't, a lot of pastors don't really go and evangelize, evangelize outside of the church. So it's very, you know, tough for me too. But in doing so, meeting some of the students and seeing how the gospel is actually an answer for them and them coming alive, it really changes me in the process as well. And this is the thing. When it comes to the field that we're in, I, I really do challenge you guys to ask questions to the people that are around you. You know, you don't have to shove Christ down anybody's throat, but discover what they're holding on to. Like, what do you guys believe in? Like, what does that entail? Or, you know, just getting to know people in that way, you start to discover that they're, they need Jesus. <laughs> you start to see why Jesus is the answer as you discover your field more and more. There's people that try to run away from their problems. I know several people that were in Maryland, that ran away to California, <laughs> and um, some people to Hawaii. And recently I had a discussion with them, and then they were like, I want to come back because people here are so fake. <laughs> I was like, what? And every, everything is so fun. You know, every, there's parties and everything everywhere. Weather is awesome. But there's no depth to a lot of the people that were there that they were hanging out, hanging out with. And this is what the world is. It kind of shines like this is a million dollar bucks experience, but then the substance behind it is very lacking. And as you discover the people around you, as you discover you know, the people that are around you and in the, the field that is around you, you start to discover why Jesus is needed here. And it's discovering this blessing of Emmanuel where God is with us, but not just on Sundays. It's experiencing God is with you every day. And what, that, and what does that look like? 
And this is so hard for us to see because we've been imprinted so long in a certain way. And in some ways, we have to like <laughs> analyze ourselves. Like, why do I think this way? Why, why, why do I keep doing things in this manner? <laughs> and as you start to discover even your own spiritual state and your own thought processes, you start to discover like a lot of times it's due to something that happened in the past that happened or something that has repetitively happened that has caused you to behave or think a certain way. And sometimes you don't know <laughs> why you act the way you do. And that's okay. Uh, and that's why we have the Holy Spirit to guide us. Sometimes when I have no idea, it's like, God, you show me. Because if you show me, then I'll know what needs to be changed. And by God's grace, things that I didn't even, could even think of comes to mind. And I start to see, okay, th these are areas that I've neglected or areas that I have not seen. Areas where I need more grace in so that I don't remain stuck in this type of thought process. And as we start to see and discover the answers that we need to receive, this blessing of Christ through worship, this blessing of Emmanuel, that God is with me, and him being with me, the word being with me, changing my imprint root in nature, I start to see why the good news is good news. The very famous, well-known verse of John 3.16, and then oh, and 17, combine them together. Let's read it together. Ready, go. For God so loved the world that he gave his only son, that whoever believes in him should not perish but have eternal life. For God did not send his son into the world to condemn the world, but in order that the world might be saved through him. Amen. That's the good news, that God so loved us that he sent the solution, who is Christ. We're no longer condemned to the fundamental problem of being separated from God, stuck in sin, and under Satan's narrative. But Jesus, he came as the Christ. He came as the Messiah. And he became the solution to this problem of separation, sin, and Satan. If this is not good news to you, then you need to discover Christ again. Because being stuck in a condemned state, you're stuck in life, <laughs> in, in the same kind of mindset, same kind of everything. And this is what God wants us to discover is not a, a new religion or not a new this or that or make yourself better, be more moral. You know, it, that's very surface level stuff, honestly. What God desires from us is to build this relationship, like know him. Know who he is. Know that he has come to destroy this fundamental problem in our lives where no longer are we bound to sin. No longer are we bound to being continually separated from God. No longer are we bound to Satan's narrative for our lives, but that we are free. And this freedom comes through pursuing to know him. As you come to know Jesus, the areas that you're stuck, he starts to 
unstuck. Sounds very simple. Um, I have this one brother that I, I meet up weekly, and he was, he's, he's a smart kid. He goes to Carnegie Mellon, and he's computer science major, everything. Like, he is, he is really smart. But about two, about three years ago, I struggled real hard. And it wasn't because of academics necessarily. Struggling a lot of, with different mental and spiritual kind of issues. And it's just amazing because such a bright mind cannot be utilized in that state. And myself and uh, another pastor friend named Pastor Brian, we, we got to go and meet up with the student. And we started to share the gospel with him. Uh, I got to share the gospel with him. And he came to understand the start of what this gospel meant. And through these past years, like, he is, he is on track. Like, he is on top of this semester. And he's in such a better shape than he was because he's starting to see that this life is not just about academics. It's so much more. Because what's the point of, once again, having all these great physical things when you're inside, your spirit and your mind is rotting away? We have to discover why this good news is good news. And when we see that answer, then we can become a source of good news to the people that are around us. So how do we get there? We need to, it's very simple, restore worship. And it begins with God's word. The word and message that we receive here today, I really do challenge everyone here to, to remember it during the week. It could be just one point that you remember today. Jot it down as something that you can turn back to, reference back to during this week so that you'll see how God answers that word. And pray holding on to that word. And God, he will prepare the works of evangelism to take place in your life. And evangelism is such a scary word and it's very nerve-wracking because you're like, I have to convince somebody, I have to... No, it's not about convincing. It should never be about convincing. <laughs> you know, you're not tricking somebody to believe in Jesus. That should never be the case. But rather, it's about sharing, right? It's about sharing something that has substance. And that's why each one of us being a witness of God's word is so important. And that's why I always... Go back to that point. Hold on to the word. Pray holding on to the word. Be a witness and see how God actually answers that word and in doing so, even answer the, the questions that you have personally as well. Like I said, it, God's word works like an ointment. It might not seem like it's doing anything, but it's doing a lot to bring restoration and healing to our soul and from there to our physical life. And this is so important for us to see. And I got to witness this this past week. Uh, got to, so these are people that I, I got to uh, do ministry with. This is the George Mason people that I got to uh, go to the campus and share the gospel with. And this is, oh man, this guy. <laughs> His name is Jared. He's awesome. Um, he's somebody that I met three years ago at Penn State. So I went to Penn State Thursday and Friday. So I was three and a half hours away from here. And 
because of COVID, I, I didn't see him in person for three years. Between that time, we would like text here and there. But I saw him at, 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 the, um, at the ministry that we were doing, and we're like, whoa. <laughs> and he's a senior now. When he, when he first came in, he was a, junior, uh, he was a freshman. But then three years later, uh, he's, he's a senior now, working on his uh, senior year. And he's gone through so much during the time of COVID. His house actually burned down. And he's also a pastor's kid as well. And just hearing his struggles and hearing how God answered him and hearing how God placed in his heart this mission that goes beyond you know, him being at Penn State was amazing, where he's like, I finally get it. After three years, why God sent me to Penn State? It wasn't because of academics, because he didn't know how he even got in, because his SAT course wasn't that great. <laughs> he's like, I don't know how I got here, but now I, I know because God wants me to carry out world evangelism. He wants me to be able to share this message with people that otherwise would not hear it. And we have to understand the mission that God has given us in this world is not just for the sake of being moral or being good and look the part, say the part, but rather it's really about knowing who Christ is and letting him and his word transform you. And all these other things become byproducts, whatever, you know, living a moral life and all these things are really byproducts of this relationship with Christ. So as we really go through this week, pursue this journey of understanding Jesus, not holding on to misunderstandings, not holding on to assumptions of how it should look like. Honestly, there's so much more for a Christian to discover because Unfortunately, I feel like a lot of ministries are doing it wrong. <laughs> Not to criticize like what they're doing per se, but what the focus is. If it's not based on the gospel, then what is it? It becomes another community club or a community center. And that's not a bad place. You know, don't get me wrong. It's not a bad place. <laughs> but then if it's only that, and it just only revolves around that, then it's really hard to tell what the gospel is. It's really hard to help people break out of the things that they're stuck in. And we have to come back to this gospel message again because this is the answer to so many problems that people are stuck in. And to break these fundamental problems that people happen to be stuck in it, re it requires Christ. Like I said, we're in this state of condemnation, but it's in Jesus that we're freed from condemnation. Like that's, that's the choice. It's not that Jesus wants to send people to hell. <laughs> God, want, God hates everybody and that's why he's doing this. And especially if you're not a Christian, he hates you even more. Who did Jesus go to the most? He went to the sinners. He didn't go to the righteous. He didn't go to the perfect people. He went to the most messed up people that, need, that needed help. 
that needed good news. And it's those people that changed the world when they met Christ. And all we're doing is meeting that same Christ and introducing the people that are around us to that same Christ.